Hello, and welcome back to Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna. This is Soleil and Ramona Gaylord. In this week's Natural History Notebook, we will discuss nature's great architect and potential climate changer, the beaver. Beavers are a fascinating species, and they play an important biological role in their native habitats. The valley floor and environs provide excellent habitat for beaver. So, Soleil, what family do biologists put beavers in? Beavers belong to the family Castoridae, and they are the largest living rodent in the world, except for the super rodent in South America, the capybara. Yeah, their name Castoridae is actually derived from the thick castor oil-like substance that they produce to mark their territories. These rodents are adapted to life in the water. In fact, a beaver can remain submerged for up to 15 minutes and swim up to 5 miles per hour. In water, they primarily propel themselves with their webbed hind feet. Their flat spatula-like tail acts as a rudder, while they will hold their front teeth tightly against their body. When swimming at the surface, only the head is usually visible, unlike a muskrat where both the head and back are partly above the water. Yeah, and that's a way actually that you can tell the difference between a beaver and a muskrat if you happen to see movement on a pond or lake. You can tell that the beaver is the beaver by just seeing his head and the muskrat. You'll see both of those things. And though, although beavers are mostly water animals, you can often see them along the river trail waddling on land and grazing the grasses. Their clumsy gait is endearing and easily distinguished. So tell us a little bit about the beaver's lifestyle, Soleil. Beavers actually live in a colony which consists of a cluster of lodges, each occupied by a family. The family consists of a male and female, and their last two litters. There are no special names for male and female beavers, but baby beavers are called kits. Beavers will live about 10 to 12 years. In areas where the natural water flow is too low, beavers will construct a dam, a minimum water level of 2 to 3 feet is required to build this dam so that the underwater entrance to their lodge does not get blocked by ice during the winter. Beavers will vary the type of dam built and how they build it, depending on the water speed. In slow-moving water, they may build a straight dam. However, in fast-moving water, dams tend to be curved. Just like humans, beavers start construction of their dams by diverting the stream to lessen the water's flow pressure. Branches and logs are then driven into the mud of the stream bed to form a base. Then sticks, bark, rocks, mud, grasses, leaves, masses of plants, and anything else available is used to build the superstructure. They actually have a distinct family life, too. Yeah, beavers are monogamous, and that means they mate for life, but if their mate does happen to die, they usually find another. And although beavers are considered social animals and form these monogamous pairs, They work independently and have little actual contact with each other. Males do fight over their females, but when the family unit has been established, both sexes tend to be very territorial. Scent mounds mark their territory and let other beavers know that the area is occupied. That's what they use that castor oil-like substance for. And mating takes place in January or February, and usually about four kits are born in late April to June, after a gestation of about 105 days. The nutrition the mama receives from her food and her general health actually help determine the number of kits that are born. Before the birth, the female makes a soft bed in the upper room of the lodge for the kits. But, Soleil, what do the beavers eat during winter and summer? Beavers are actually herbivores, so beavers will eat bark from aspen, willow, and cottonwood. They will also eat leaves, roots, and twigs from certain trees. 
Water plants of all kinds, along with grasses and buds, are also part of their diet. It's interesting to note that beavers don't actually eat wood. They eat only the cambium, which is that soft tissue close to the surface where new wood and bark grow. Most of their favorite herbaceous foods are only available in the summer. During winter, their diet consists mainly of woody material such as shrubs, saplings, and branches that are planted underwater in the mud close to the lodge entrance. The beavers will feed on this underwater cache of edible branches all winter since they cannot break through the ice to cut fresh branches. Yes, and there would be no new growth such as buds or shoots if they did break through. So how do they get nutrients out of all that wood? That's a great question with an interesting answer. They have a specialized digestive system. Colonies of microorganisms in their intestines digest up to 30% of the cellulose from the tree bark and other woody material they eat. Further nutrients are recovered in the form of fecal pellets that the beaver will re-ingest. This is called caprophagia, or eating of poop. Pet rabbits do that too. If you see the typical pointed stub of a tree, you know that the beaver has felled it. Once the tree is on the ground, they will first eat the bark and buds off, then cut up the branches and sections of the trunk that they can carry and use in their dams. They have five clawed dexterous digits on their front feet to manipulate food. The available food supply close to their home waters is the determining factor that governs a beaver colony. As the food supply is used up in an area, longer trips increase the beaver's exposure to predators and the time it takes to reach the food source from home. When an area's food supply has been exhausted, the family must migrate to a new home. It is interesting to know that before Europeans settled North America, as many as 400 million beavers inhabited an area covering about 60% of our continent. The quest for beaver and their luxurious pelts has arguably had more impact on American history than the pursuit of any other single natural resource, its influence lasting well over 200 years. European settlers substantially reduced the population of beavers through hunting and trapping so that by the early 1900s they were almost extinct. Beavers had a huge effect on the hydrology of our landscape. Their dams stored water, slowed its flow and rate of evaporation. Their dams also slowed erosion and supported a wealth of fish and bird species and generally increased the biodiversity of the area. When it comes to transforming their environment, beavers have a lot in common with us humans. In fact, beavers' ability to change the landscape is interestingly second only to humans. It is remarkable to consider that the extermination of beaver from North America arguably marks the point at which our landscape unfortunately began to buckle and slide down the ruinous course we find it on now, especially here in the West, where water has always been an enormous issue and will become more and more important as climate change affects it. And there is a real imperative to put beaver back on the waterways. The wetlands that form behind their dams, as well as the floodplains that they groom nearby, provide habitat for many creatures. When the industrious beaver scurries around, being its busy, toothy self, cutting down trees and blocking up waterways, it's not just altering the lay of the land. It's out there combating climate change, actually. A few carbon emissions at a time. And Soleil's going to tell you why. Yes, beaver dams impede the natural flow of water, and as the river begins to overflow, more often it creates a sediment-rich wetland area known as a beaver meadow. A new study from Colorado State University professor Ellen Wool finds that beaver meadows store carbon, temporarily sequestering 
greenhouse gases from the atmosphere. With reductions in the beaver population, we're missing out on a whole lot of potential carbon storage. So beavers play an important role in keeping the ecosystem resilient against climate change, drought, and wildfire. So, wiping out most of the continent's beaver population during pre-colonial times probably had quite an impact on the climate. We should appreciate the mighty architect of the valley floor, not only for his wonderful adaptation, but also for her ability to take excess carbon out of the atmosphere one log at a time. Leave, Leave it, it to, to the beaver. beaver. And thank you, Kodo, for letting us air Voices of the Valley Flora and Fauna.